some kind of cop. Like Hernan's girlfriend's license plate, this show will also start with one BJ. And when it's all over with Larry, you say, oh, what a lovely tea party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody, pile on into Mackie's Clubhouse. I'm Kevin. I'm Larry. Here we are up to Season 6, Episode 8 of The Shield, the terribly titled The Math of the Wrath. <laughs> what you were really going to do it, name. too. You were going to suck my dick. <laughs> <clears throat> The math of the wrath. What the fuck? Right there, <laughs> I like I took a point off of the episode right there. Agreed. Yeah, that was that was a dumpy contender for a long time. Where I was like, oh, who came up with this? Yeah, like, what's I, that all about? Yeah, like this is Doctor Seussish, but it doesn't even make sense. There's no math in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> no will hunting. No. Yeah, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know where they came up with that one, but it's awful. Back uh, to the drawing board. What? Back to the drawing board for that yeah, one. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, original air date, May 22nd, 2007, directed by Ron Schmidt, who Ooh. has all of four directing credits, all TV shows. He mostly was like a cinematographer, director of photography on a lot of movies. But Oh, I think – I want to say I've seen that name a lot on this show, so I think he was probably a – you know, cinematographer on this show and maybe just got the chance to direct. Oh, that could be. Yeah. So I swear I've seen that name a bunch. R-O-H-N. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's easy to spot that one because it's not the normal Ron. So I'm like, I know I've seen that a bunch. You know anybody named Ron in your life? You yeah. You talk about Ron. Oh, you do? I don't know a Ron. Uh, my One of my dad's best buddies that he used to work with, uh, his name was Ron and he's got a son named Ron as well. <laughs> do you interact with Ron? uh yeah sometimes like uh my dad you know he's still playing softball and uh him and ron are on a team together and like last season they were constantly short uh so they made me play several times how old's your dad uh 61 ah that's pretty young still yeah yeah not too bad i don't know how old my dad is he he took off when i was young so <laughs> so he's dead to you now. <laughs> he's been dead for a lot of years. I have no yeah. idea. He could be a hundred. He could be dead. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Who cares? Fuck. Yeah. Him. Who cares? So who who uh, who wrote this one? Uh, this was Charles H. Egley. Mm, never heard of him. <laughs> yeah, never heard of that guy. H is for horrible titles. Yeah, Math of the Wrath. Do you think he named the episode? Probably. That seems like something they would let the writer do. Uh-huh. Yeah, bad choice, Charles. Um, so how do we? Uh, this episode opens with. Uh, yeah, this is a weird opening where uh, they show Franca Patente uh, from you know foreign movies. She's just going about her day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because at first I was like, "Hi, right, who the fuck's this girl?" Yeah, she's at the hospital. She's at the church. She's like sewing. She's taking a bus. It's like, I don't care about any of this. Yeah, but at the same time, I was kind of like, all right, I could watch this for a while. Just <laughs> see what regular old lady's up to on a regular old day, making some clothes and going on a bus. All right. Um, That's a strange start. But she goes yeah. visit her father, who's in like a coma. Yeah, um, he some kind goes, of cardiac thing. Yeah. And she goes to church, and that's where Shane busts in, and finally we see where this is all going, and Shane is like, hey, I want to meet with, uh, you know, Kasakian, and she's like, I'm Kasakian. He's like, no, 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 I want the real Kasakian. <laughs> your, uh, your old man. And she's just like, oh, he's out of town, but we've already seen that, no, he's in a coma, so we know that that's bullshit. But, uh, Shane's pissed off about the dead gas station guy. He's like, this is gonna blow back on me, like, we gotta do something about this. Yeah, and she, she knows about that, right? Or she doesn't know about that? I think she does. I mean, I'm not sure if that was Rezian going off on his own or not. Because, like, she's kind of, like, I guess she's trying to manage things for her dad. Like, she definitely knows that her dad... I think there is also, you know, 
people are sensing that her dad's not running things, so they're kind of getting antsy and, you know, doing their own shit, going behind her back. So I think this gas station thing was behind her back. Oh, okay. She has no problem, like, turning in those guys later on when she confronts them or whatever. Yeah, so Shane wants him to fix the, you know, the fucking, the gas station fucking situation. So, uh, next we get Claudette. She wants to know what the beef is or whatever. Like, is it going to be a problem for Vic and Shane to work together? Mm-hmm. Because Vic, or because Shane's coming back or whatever. And Shane's like, nah, no problem here. And he, he's like, I've I just been looking for Lem's killer and that kind of shit. And it's pretty dickish. Yeah, it does seem weird that, like, nobody is looking into Lem's case anymore. <laughs> like, remember when uh, Scooby and Carl died? Like, everyone was just out there pounding the pavement at all times of day, trying to find out who killed Carl and Scooby. But Lem dies, and they're like, eh, whatever. Well, they got to get that, you know, the Santo house murder or whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, San Marcos. They got to get that thing solved because that that's all about property values and shit. That's, that's the only thing they're worried about. Because mm-hmm. honestly... Even Claudette said, I don't know, I think it was last episode where she was like, well, if we don't solve this case, we're, they're going to close the fucking barn. Yep. She didn't say fucking. <laughs> that would have been better if she did. Yeah. But, um. So, and the Fed guy, he's all pissed off because Hernan's missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, he's bitching and shit. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's where we get the theme song, Jake. Nine minutes, 34 seconds. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah. That's another late one, man. That is pretty late. Yeah, um, that's very late. late. Yeah. It's deep. Yeah. Usually, when they, usually when they go deep on the theme song, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm in for like a hell of a ride. But not always. Yeah. Sometimes it's just, uh, Sometimes <laughs> like it's just a lot like, of oh. this lady's day. <laughs> yeah, we got to. Oh, shit. We forgot to put the theme song in. Let's just wedge it in around 934. <laughs> yep. Um, There's a so, scene where Hyatt is asking Vic about the whole Shane thing too, because Shane he doesn't want to take Shane with him. So Hyatt's like, we got problems with you and Shane, and Vic's like, no. And then like Ronnie has to pull Vic aside and be like, get your fucking shit together. Like I hate Shane too, but you can't take this public. That's true, fucking so, Ronnie man. Yeah, solid ass Ronnie. He's always there. Vic's being too emotional, and, and Ronnie's there to rein him in. So Vic and Ronnie go to see Santi. Yeah. And Santi knows there's a rat in the in the ranks. Yeah, he knows that there's a snitch in the Salvadoran ranks, so they're not gonna talk any peace with them until they, you know, root out their snitch, because you know he doesn't want to be caught up in that. So uh, he's like, nope, Vic's no truth. Like, until nah, we get this uh, thing there's out. no rat. I would have heard about a rat. <laughs> But Santi's like, yeah, we know there's a rat. Yep. Um, they uh, they find a body. They get a call that there's this, you know, Hispanic body was found. They're like, uh oh, might be her nan. We're we're fucked now. But then they get there and it's not her nan. It's uh, some other guy. Yeah. He's some a- other El Salvadoran that apparently they they thought was the mole, so they killed him. But Vic's like, well, this is probably bad because they're probably working their way down the food chain and they might eventually get to the real mole. Yeah. So, oh, I got the hiccups. Um, where are we at here? So Vic and the new guy they interview a witness because that uh, you know at the end of that scene where they get they go to see the body in the garbage bags they're like oh canvas the area and then boom we just have a witness in the next scene mm-hmm. and uh, this dude's pretty awesome. <laughs> he is. Yeah. This guy was great. Yeah. <laughs> he he he's. He's like, I don't know how old he is. He's probably like 18 or 20, this kid. Yeah, he must be over 18, but yeah, not by much, probably. Yeah, not by much, but he's real happy that he's banging a 15-year-old. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's cool with it. He likes it. He thinks it's fun and shit. Well, he didn't know, but then she invited him to his quinceanera, so that was like, oh, the tip-off that she was underage. That's why he didn't come forward immediately. Yeah. Like, Uh-oh. Okay. But then when he tells the story, he's kind of like, yeah, she's bobbing up and down, you know. Yeah, she was yeah. on top. Yeah, he, he's, <laughs> he's pretty happy with himself and shit. Dad's all, his dad's there, too. He's, like, shaking his head like, Jesus Christ, my kid. Yeah. The kid, basically, he remembers the first couple of letters, of the first, you know, things on the license plate were 1BJ. I was yeah. like, yeah, that's what I told my girl that I needed. 
Like yeah, a sign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty cool. And the dad's just like, and Vic, I love the way that Vic just kind of stared at him like, are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was pretty cool with it, too. He was awesome. It was a great scene. Um, So Shane's back with the daughter, Kazakian's daughter. I can't. I don't know her name. We'll just call her Frank. Uh, Dero, I guess, is her Dero? name. Dero? Dero. <laughs> yeah. D-I-R-O. All right. Dero. All right. I just have her written down as daughter. Uh, Dero <laughs> gives Shane don't an envelope me, of money. daughter. And uh, she's like, here, this is for, you know, what you did or whatever. Um, I need you to look into the robberies. Like, they own apartment buildings, apparently. You know, Kazakian and Dero, uh, they own apartment buildings, and they want to sell them at some point. But there's all kinds of shady shit going in. So she wants Shane to look into what the fuck's going on and stuff. A lot of apartment oh, landlord problems this season. <laughs> there's yeah. the whole thing with, uh, you know, Apollo Creed and now this, like... A lot of people having problems with their tenants, apparently. Uh, Vic gets a partial plate. It turns out it's like, you know, uh, you know, with that one BJ. It turns out it's Hernan's girlfriend's car. Yep. So they're like, uh-oh. Maybe Hernan <laughs> did this or whatever. Yeah. Um, then, uh, a guy named Matthew, who is really just Shane, goes to see a hooker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and she pulls his cock out. She's like, I want proof that you're not a cop. So she's like, take your dick out. And he's like, all right, here it is. And uh, then like, then he busts her anyway. And he's just like, oh, you're going in. And she's like, that's entrapment. You can't do that. And he's like, it's my word against yours. Yeah, th- doesn't he say it's my word against your fingers? Yeah. Now zip me up, bitch. Is that what he says? <laughs> I mean, I don't think he said the bitch part, but he did say uh, okay. zip me up. And he, I thought he said Put something. your hands behind your head or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Dutch and Billings are looking into this a stabbing. They got a stabbing lady. Oh yeah, this lady doesn't make any sense to me in this in this episode. Yeah, because she doesn't even want to cooperate. Nobody's cooperating. You know, the, the Dutch and Billings go to interview like or not interview, but they talk to like some storefront owner and they're like, you know, this lady got stabbed outside your store, and she's like, I don't know. Yeah, she's Asian and, like, doesn't speak good English, but she clearly doesn't want to talk to the cops. And they're like, what's that locked door in there for? And she's like, no, I don't know. We don't have key. It yeah. doesn't open. Like, she is just not know. giving up anything. And just like, you don't have any warrant? You go away. And they're like, um, okay. Um, <laughs> I guess we have to. Let's see. So they find uh, the Hernan's girlfriend's car. It's like this Camaro type bullshit. Mm-hmm. And Vic, Vic and Ronnie are staking it out. They're sitting in their car, like you know, down down across the street, down a piece or whatever. And Vic tells Ronnie about Shane's packet. Yeah. Yeah. And Mara knows everything that went went down, and that kind of shit. Um, and Vic says he burned the, the manifesto just to not have it lying around. But he's like, yeah. yeah, Shane's got another copy, but I burned mine. Do you believe that? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I don't either. Not at all. But I don't know why he wouldn't. To be, I mean, that'd be the smart thing to do. Mm. But it does come, I believe it comes in handy later on. Oh, see, you spoiled that. <laughs> So Vic gets a text to meet Hernan, so he goes, like, back in this alley or some shit, and it's real shady. Her dog's barking, but, like, his girlfriend shows up. Yeah. She tells him, like, hey, Hernan wanted me to tell you they're going to, like, they're robbing some gun store at 6 p.m. She wants you to, like, get all the innocent people out of the way and... Yeah, but let it go down. Just get the innocent people out of the way. Yeah. And Vic tells her that, like, hey, listen, you got to let Hernan know that, like, Washington's real nervous about what's going on right now. Yeah. So basically, he's in trouble. And they're going to hide some instructions for him in, like, the wheel well of the car. Yeah. By 4 p.m. or something like that. Yeah. 
Um, Shane brings in the hooker lady to find out about the robbery at the buildings from a couple weeks back. She, he finds out that like the hooker tells him that there was like these three black dudes that came in and they got like 2,500 bucks off of them. And she, I guess she picks one out of a mug book or something. Yeah. Yep. Because he makes her stick around, but she doesn't want to because she's got to get ready for the golden shower client she has later on. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll get there. Um, yep. <laughs> That's a good quote. And Claudette thinks he's, like, moonlighting for Vice, like, getting early, like getting a head start on his Vice career. Mm-hmm. But he's not. He's no. Do- he's doing yeah, he's, he's doing something even worse. <laughs> he's going outside the law. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but she's like, make sure you get Shane in on whatever you're doing. You know, I don't want him freelancing on my dime. So Vic convinces new guy to ignore Claudette's directions to contact Ice. Yeah, well, you know, Hernan wanted them to let this this robbery go down, and so that you know he could get away and he would get a promotion again or whatever. He would move up the food chain, but uh. Claudette says, no, like, fuck that. Like, screw her non. We don't care about him anymore. <laughs> and uh, so Vic talks Hyde and just, you know, we I got I to gotta weigh around this whole thing, basically. Well, because doesn't Claudette say something like, hey, we were instructed to let them know the minute we heard from Hernan. And then Vic's like, well, technically, I didn't hear from him. Yeah, we heard from the girlfriend. Yeah, like, he's all, like, you know, loophole city. Mm-hmm. Um... So apparently she's like, we can't let these guns get into their hands. So Vic's like, all right, we're going to find a way to get these guns away from them, but without blowing her non's cover. Yeah. So also Dutch and Billings go to the hospital. That lady who got stabbed is there. And apparently there's a whole big like knockoff uh, purse. Yeah. Emporium. I don't know. Yeah, that locked door that the Asian lady was guarding is, you know, apparently a room, secret room full of knockoff purses. And this lady bought a bunch of purses and then got robbed. So that's why she didn't want to talk her initially. It was because she was buying knockoffs or, you know, illegal knockoffs. But here's what, I, here, here's what the thing I don't get is because there's a whole fucking storyline about this. And this is yeah, fucking dumb as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, like... Maria and Corinne and Danny and they're all talking about like, oh, men just don't understand what it's like. And they're like, oh, well, why didn't she just buy the real thing? And it's like, oh, you don't get it. Like, you're not a girl. Like, oh, her her friends bought the expensive one, but she has the same bag and she only paid a lot less. That's a win for her. And it's like, if you're so rich that you're buying coach bags by you know three and five at a time like you don't give a fuck how much (laughs) you can afford it why the fuck would you even waste it on a knockoff i mean maybe she's not that rich maybe she's uh you know i'm assuming she's not that rich this lady is horrible in this episode (laughs) i can't stand this lady wow yeah i I hate her like she's such a bitch about everything (laughs) Yeah, she kind of is. She's kind but of. But you know who else is a bitch about everything? Billings. <laughs> yeah, he he's he's kind of a dick to her too. I like it. Yep, it's so good. Yeah, it is Billings good. is great. <laughs> um, where are we at here? Okay, so uh, so the robbery at the gun store goes down. Like they're all Vic Vic's in a car with somebody and new guy and. They're all talking. They on have the Julian radio. like pretending to be the security guard at the gun store. Yeah. And he just kind of lets it go down. Um, and they've got like basically Danny and Tina are running a random, you know, insurance check not far from there. And like they don't even know anything about this. They haven't been told what's going on. They're just randomly <laughs> checking for insurance, pulling people over, you know. And uh, so Hernan's in this line. And he's like, they're like, oh, this is where Hernan tells his buddies that his, his registration expired. And they got to make a choice. So the guys realize, you know, they're fucked if they check their license or registration. So they all fucking bail. And luckily, Shane is driving by at just that very moment. They steal Shane's car. 
And Danny and Tina got to be really confused. Like, why was Shane here at this exact moment? Like, Shane, of all people, got his vehicle stolen? That's weird. But, too, like, have you ever been through a checkpoint in the middle of the day for insurance? No. Like, like Danny should have been like, what? You want me to block (laughs) up the road in the middle of the day to check insurance cards? Are you fucking insane? Maybe that's a thing they do in L.A.? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I would be pissed off as fuck. Like, that yeah, happens to me. Like, fuck, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand that at all. Yeah. So, yeah. And, too, like, they got Shane. Shane just happened to be the only car driving by at that point. Yeah. They've got to be very confused when they see him. Yeah. I mean, they planned this out. They The strike team timed it very well, but they've got to be like, what the fuck? So we get, like, oh, yeah, we're running a surveillance out. This is what we wanted. You're all yeah. good. Yeah, it's all, yeah. It's like, I don't know, okay. Um, we get a scene where, like, we get all this, like, Aceveda, and they're trying to reconfigure his district and shit for voting, and who gives a fuck? <laughs> well, he, the important thing here is he wants to run for mayor, even though he's just kind of barely gotten in the city council for, you know, a year or so at this point. He's like, oh, I'm ready to move on to be mayor. Yeah. Does he become mayor? Uh, I don't think we ever get a, I don't know that we get a, a, a firm resolution on that by the end of the show. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> no, I want to say season seven, he starts running for mayor, but I don't remember if it ever actually has the election before the end of the show. Huh. All right. But anyways, that whole fucking, that whole sequence is just Yawnsville for me. So yeah, he, not great. He goes in. He needs a bunch of money, so yeah, so they can redistrict things and get him a chance of winning. And Pizuela gives him a check for half, and then he's like, "You get the other half when San Marcos gets solved." So he goes in and starts schmoozing Claudette a little bit. Yeah, Claudette's like, "I shouldn't even told you about that Hernan guy because now he's missing and we don't know what the fuck happened to him." Claudette's also pissed over at new guy because. He went, you know, around her fucking orders, and he comes up with some bullshit like, well, if we didn't do it this way, blah, blah. And she's like, you're just Vic. I brought you in because you weren't Vic, but you're just turning into another Vic. Yeah, you're letting him drag you down to his level. Yeah. Which is true. Yeah, but he's not even doing it like – it's not like Vic is trying to corrupt him or something or make him look bad. Like he kind of did with – remember the decoy squad where he's like – Let's work together to undermine Claudette. Like, he's not even trying to do that here. He actually is trying to help. He's just, they have to get this job done. And Claudette doesn't really see that you can't always do things by the book. Yeah, but two, there's also a very, like, Vic is manipulating the fuck out of New Guy. He's very passive-aggressive in the sense that, oh, yes, you're in charge. But Vic's really calling all the shots on everything. All the time. He definitely is, yeah. Yeah. He's a little bit of a puppet master. Yeah. So when he on, I guess it was the last episode. Was it? Was it earlier this one where he convinces new guy to like just like, hey, fuck what Claudette says. Sometimes you gotta, you know, buck the system and do it a different way or whatever. He's totally like just setting that guy up and shit. But yet new guy's falling for it because like Vic is that <laughs> manipulative and and persuasive. Yeah. He's, and then the new guy's even like, oh, hey, like, he ends up telling Vic in this episode, like, oh, like, let's be best friends. Like, Claudette wants to get you out of here. Like, she's been telling you she's going to get you to this hearing and that you'll be fine if you play along. But she was just trying to keep you on a leash. Like, this is all a joke. You're out of here in a week. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, well, at least you, you gave it to me straight. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that yeah, that is cool. Yeah, he does. Yeah, uh, um, the new guy is not a bad dude. He he's he's trying to play it right by Vic. Oh, uh, let's see. Shane plays convict. Oh, so Shane goes and talks to this guy who's like picking trash. He's like mm-hmm. you know uh, community service type of program, and um, he knows that he was one of the three guys that robbed these hookers. Uh, a couple weeks back or whatever for twenty five hundred. So he goes and he 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 kind of plays this dude. 
Yeah, since he wants in, you got to give me a cut and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, I bet you're, you you got to talk to your buddies Pancake and Squeeze, right? It's just like, what? How would you know it was them? They're my accomplices. And he's like, well, I saw your priors, but I didn't know for sure till just now, bitch. Yeah. He's like, well, here, let me tell you. And he's like, ah, I don't need it. <laughs> Whatever, I don't give a fuck. Yep, he just wanted to find out who it was. He's not. He just wants to go get the name so he can tell Dean Dero. Um, so Shane goes and drops off the names at the hospital to the daughter. And, uh, I don't know what happens here. Um, then Danny and Tina go out looking for that hobo, the guy that robbed the purse lady. Um, the guy smelled like shit, so they're going to go check out, like, the homeless camps and stuff like that. Well, I mean, come on. You're not really narrowing things down. Yeah, that's most of L.A. Yeah, I'm not saying that, but, I mean, uh, yeah, there's a lot of homeless people that smell like poo, I would imagine. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. I would imagine. Um, This is where Hyatt tells Vic that he's out in a couple of days, and Vic's like, oh, shit. Um, So then... Billings and Dutch are talking in the break room. Shane's there and stuff like that. And then Claudette comes in and she's like, hey, uh, this guy was found with his testicles cut off. And it was one of the robbers. And, like, there's another guy who also got his testicles cut off. So Shane overhears this and he's like, oh, apparently Dero had their testicles cut off. Yeah, it was like revenge. Those robbers, yeah. Yeah. Um... Ronnie then confronts Shane because Shane's like, hey, Ronnie. And Ronnie's like, oh, man. Like, Ronnie, want, he has the look of death on his face. Here. Yeah. It's pretty good. He's like, I got to pretend to be nice to you here at work, but don't try to be friends with me. We ain't buddies no more. Uh-uh. But Shane's like, you know Vic killed Terry Crowley. You know that, right? Yeah. And Ronnie's like. That was page one of the, the manifesto. Yeah. But he won't show you that. And Ronnie, like, he, you know, like, this is the first time Ronnie's hearing this. Yeah, at least for sure. Like, it seems like he already kind of knew. Like, I would have to imagine he kind of had suspicions before this. Because Lem didn't have any idea. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, definitely when Kavanaugh was looking into him, that was one of the things they would ask about. Well, I, I so. mean, like... Like, remember that there was that one episode where Kavanaugh and Acevedo were like, you, you know, Vic killed Terry. And Lem's like, yeah. what? No, that didn't happen. And like, oh, yeah, it happened that way. And he's like, no. Yeah, but later, I think in that season, once once Kavanaugh put the big board up, you know, in, in Billings' old mm-hmm. office, you know, saying, oh, here's the guys I'm going after and what I'm going after him for. And oh, they bring all them in there. You know, I'm sure he had to ask Ronnie about Terry Crowley and stuff like that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, so, never mind. I'm sure this isn't the first he's heard of it, and uh, he probably just, you know, didn't have any proof. Uh, where are we at here? Uh, let's see. Oh, Maria and Corinne go and buy fake purses together, but Danny's already there. Oh, what a wacky <laughs> sitcom-like scenario. Yeah, because Maria's all like, it's real shady, like. They open a, a locked door and then they close the locked door and lock it. And then you go through another locked door and they let you in that one. You go through like the alley where Batman's parents were killed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like in Goodfellas when Robert De Niro wanted Karen like, oh, go get a new go get a new jacket down there. Yeah, it's in that building. And she's all like, ah, no, I'm not going. There. That's what it seemed like. It seemed like, yeah, we'll go there. Um, yep. But no, they they just have cheap purses upstairs, and Ronnie or not Ronnie, Danny's already there, like we said and shit, and it seems weird. It is kind of weird that Tina and like uh, Corinne are hanging out. Yeah, like, I don't get that. <laughs> this is probably the first time they met was earlier today in the hospital, briefly. Like that seems weird. They would just go hang out together after work. Yeah. Well, they had a bond over the purses, though. Yeah. So maybe like I guess. Yeah, because. And, yeah. and Corinne's the ex-wife of a cop, so that gives her some, you know, clout with these people, I guess. Yeah, like, That's she knows who that woman is. Yeah. Because, you know, she's like, oh, I always liked 
a Fendi bag with a mid strap buckle. And, uh, and you know, <laughs> Maria's all like, whoa, you know, I, okay. Serious about this. So they took the purses pretty seriously in this episode. Yeah. Sure That's what did. you want with your cop drama is a big, like, thorough discussion on Dooney and Burke stuff. <laughs> yep. That's that's a real low point in the series for me. Yeah. <laughs> so Vic goes to meet Hernan, but Hernan doesn't show, so him and Ronnie start chit-chatting it up. Yeah. Apparently Hernan's flying to El Salvador. They're like, oh, shit, he's he's probably gone. They don't know if he's, like, fully into this thing now or if he just got sucked up into it or what's going on. But they were like, that was our best lead in the San Marcos thing, and now he's gone. So we're kind of shit out of luck. He also tells him, like, yeah, I know you killed Ronnie or Lamb. Or uh, Terry. Or fucking A, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know you, killed, you killed everyone. I know you killed everybody. But, yeah, like, I know you killed uh, Terry. Yeah, and he's not even, like, mad about it. He's just like, I wish you would have told me sooner. I could have looked out for you better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah fucking Ronnie. Yeah, Ronnie's loyal, Dude. too. Yeah, he really is. Solid guy. Uh, let's see. Then Shane goes to talk to Dero again. Uh, Dero got, you know, Resian's guys, the ones who killed that uh, gas station guy, to confess, basically, to give themselves up. So Shane should be clear on that whole thing. And uh, Shane's like, all right, cool. You know, we're, let's work together. Let's be best friends. Yeah, because yeah, she <laughs> says something about, like, well, you know, I got you now, so. Yeah. And he's kind of like, all right, well, I, I'm involved whether I want to be or not at this point. <laughs> I think he wants to because he knows it'll be lucrative for him, so. Plus, he might be able to bang this girl. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. It seems like he's put that behind him, but you never know. It is Shane, after all. Eating ain't cheating. And that's where we end. Yeah. Uh, a little bit better than the last episode. Not much. I, I went 8 out of 10. Like, it's it's solid enough, but there's not a lot of great stuff in this one either. No, it's just more of this whole, we got this undercover guy, we got to kind of look out for him a little bit, but, you know... Just kicking that football down the road a little bit, but not really anything exciting happening. I mean, the thing where they got out of the car was something, I guess. I don't know if it was the most tense scene ever, but uh, yeah. something, I guess. It was something. <laughs> something happened. Something. All right, so let's uh, <laughs> let's award this biatch. All right, let's best quotes it up. Uh... Let me get my glasses on. All right, let's see. What do we got here? Uh, when Billings and Dutch are, intervie- are interviewing that bitchy lady in the hospital, and she's like, "Oh, you don't understand these knockoff bags. They're, you know, blah. They're not. They're not. They're not garbage. They're just. They're so blah blah blah." Billings is like, "You make it a habit of roaming the barrio for cheap handbags." <laughs> He's such a dick in that scene. I love it. Oh, Billings is going to get so much more dickish before the end of this season. It's so good. Yeah. Can't wait. His greatest moment is still to come. Uh, let's see. I like when uh, when Ronnie and I think Julian were camped out watching Hernan's girlfriend all night. And uh, Ronnie's like, it wasn't a complete waste surveillance-wise. She does do yoga naked with the blinds open. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, well, that scene I was talking about earlier where Corinne and Maria are like talking about like their favorite purses and all that shit. And then Danny just goes, uh, I got my diaper bag from Old Navy. (laughs) That's such a loser's thing to say. Yeah. That's like fucking Stuart from Beavis and Butthead with his wings. Yeah, yeah. With the wings. Um, let's see. Oh, and, uh, when they're talking to, oh, I think, oh, they're talking about the purse lady, and, uh, Claudette's like, the last thing I need is a pampered, well-connected socialite breathing down my neck. That's what I have Aceveda for, because <laughs> Aceveda's standing right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
That's a good one. Yeah. Um, when Shane goes to see uh, Nero at the hospital when she's at her dad's bedside, he says, "When you said when you said your father was traveling, I didn't think you meant the highway to heaven." <laughs> I like when um, they first meet in the church, uh, Shane and Dara, and he's like just cussing up a storm. She's like, "We shouldn't really be talking about this here. Like, can we take this somewhere else?" And he's like, "Jesus, kiss my ass." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, probably the the quote of the episode. Yeah. You want to do it? You can do it. No, go ahead. So when Shane's talking to that hooker, mm-hmm. and the hooker, you know, he's like, I need you to look at mug books. You know, she says, how long is this going to take? I got a golden shower client this afternoon. Big tipper. I got to start drinking iced tea to get it the way he likes. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> Shane's like, I'll be right back with those mug books and a Snapple. Yeah. <laughs> I got to figure, I want to know how he figured out that that's what it took to get it the way he likes. Yes. How many times? ever tried? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you gotta find the right lady probably, and then the right drink beforehand. And like, how many times did it take to get to this? Uh, I never. I don't listen. I'm not sex shaming anybody, <laughs> but I don't understand the peeing on people and all no. that. Stuff. I don't. I don't get it, man. Not a fan. If that's your thing, hey, go for it or whatever. But I don't. Please don't pee on me. Yeah, that's not something I would ever request. No, no, not at all. And I wouldn't even. I don't think I could be. I don't think I could pee on somebody. No, I wouldn't want to do that either. No, I'd be gun shy. Yeah, because then you're just like getting all over the place, and you're end up end up touching your own pee all over the place somehow. Yeah, then but, like I'm thinking like, oh my god, yeah. up later. This is gonna be a million. Yeah, this is terrible. I don't know. All right, anyways. That's where we're at. Um, I think that's the only other one I had too. Was uh, and then it, except for the one BJ part, that was good. But we already talked about that enough. So. Uh, yeah, I got nothing else quotes wise. Okay. Well, let's move on to the Kristen Bell Best Guest Star Award. Uh, well, I went with you know Frankie Potente or whatever her name is. Yeah, Frankie Potente from Run Bola Run and Born Identity. Mm-hmm. I think Shane, Shane was in that, wasn't he? Well, Goggins was in the first Bourne movie, I think. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen the Bourne movies. Um, let me see. Are they good? Uh, they were okay. Yeah, Walton Goggins was in the first one. Huh. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're all right. I remember the newest Bourne one when uh, Matt Damon came back. Like, not the one with Jeremy Renner, but then... Matt Damon came back. I tried watching that one like right after I got back from a vacation and like I just fell asleep immediately. <laughs> well, you were probably travel tired. Yeah, that didn't help. And uh but it was just so shaky and you couldn't tell what was going on anyway. So I was just like, oh, I'm out. Would you rather bang <laughs> Matt Damon or Ben Affleck? Uh Matt Damon. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Who do you got? I think for that's the right call. Yeah, I also had that. The fucking phone. <laughs> I went Frank and Patente as well. They uh, they seemed very excited that they had the chance to get her into the show, which I mean that's cool. She's she's good. She's solid. Like is she engaged to anybody or something like that? Uh, not that I know of. No. She's not like Ron Schmidt's fiance. <laughs> Nope, I don't think so. Okay. I think this was uh, legitimate, just, I don't know. I wonder if Walton Goggins knew her from, from the board identity, even though I don't think they had any scenes together, at least not many. Well, they could have shared a craft services table. Yeah, that's where the best friendships are formed. Yeah. I always hear about craft service tables or whatever they, they call it, but I wonder, I wonder what's on those things. Yeah. Dude, why do they call it crafts? Like, is it all mac and cheese? 
Yeah, I don't know if... I don't know what that means. <laughs> I know it's not, but... Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yeah. I don't know. All right. All right, well, let's do the MVP of the episode. Uh, I went with new guy. Oh, wow. I like it. He was solid in this episode. Like, just like you said earlier, like, he, he's, he's turned out to be, like, a good dude. Yeah, he's not a bad guy. Like, they try to, you know, it's a thankless role, like we mentioned before, coming in and trying to replace Vic. But, you know, he's he's a solid guy. He's looking out for Vic, so. Yeah. I appreciate that. He knows, you know, he's seen nothing but good things from Vic, so he's trying to help him out. Who, who do you got? Uh, I went with Ronnie. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was. I felt it was a good episode for Ronnie. Just him, you know, being competent and just being a trustworthy, loyal friend when uh, when Vic really needs one. Yeah, and confronting Shane and yeah. con- confronting Vic too. With Keeping Vic in line. Yep. Yeah. When, uh, when Vic needs somebody to rein him in, he's he's kind of there to do that. So, uh, very strong stuff from Ronnie this week. I was impressed. I like it. All right. The Vendrell Cup for the biggest fuck-up. I went with Vic. <laughs> yeah. I went with Vic for, uh, one, for not, like, being up front with Ronnie right away. You know what I mean? Like, you should have let Ronnie yeah. know everything once, once shit went down. And two... Like, you know, kind of corrupting new guy a little bit, like where he takes the rap from uh, uh, Claudette. Like he took he, he took her wrath over like Vic's idea about, well, let's just circumvent Claudette and do our own thing. And and then he made it like, well, I made that call. But like, you no, know, Vic put that in your head. and you, you went with it. But that was Vic's fault for getting him bitched out. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of along those same lines, but I went with Hyatt uh, for, you know, getting his ass reamed out by Claudette. Like, I, sure, it is Vic's manipulations, but he did go along with it. So he's he's in the doghouse now, which, you know, that's not good. Yeah, I hear you. Even though I don't think either of them did anything wrong. I think they did the right thing in this situation. They got the guns off the street, and they also kept her nun's cover intact, so... To me, they did the right thing all the way around, but, you know, he's in trouble with the boss, so that's not a good thing. Never a good thing. <laughs> um, let's do the Dumpy Award for the worst part of the episode. Uh, I mean, I got two here. I got, you know, the whole fucking in-depth purse discussions. Yeah. The whole, you know... I don't care about Acevedo running for mayor and, you know, we'll redistrict this and that. Like, that whole scene was just like, (laughs) it was a hand job for me. Yeah, it's not the most scintillating of uh, storylines, that's for sure. But, yeah, the purse thing was the, the, just the part for me that's so brutal. I just, I don't understand people's fascination with purses. It seems like the worst thing you could possibly waste money on. Yeah. (laughs) Like, there's literally no purpose for this. Because the one lady's like, they're not purses. They're one, two of them were clutches, and the other one was a carry-all. And I'm like, I don't know what you're saying, lady. Yeah, and I don't care. I would I never, don't. never ever care. <laughs> not at all. Like you're you're investing so much time into something so stupid. Yeah, and I don't know why people wouldn't buy knockoffs of those. Like, why would you ever buy the real thing when you can buy something that looks exactly the same and no one will ever know? For barely any price. I don't know. <laughs> like, who's going to spend hundreds of dollars on these things? Well, I don't know. Like, why don't you buy knockoff whatever you're into? Funkos. Get Uncos. <laughs> I would. I'm not above it. If they didn't come from China, <laughs> I'd be all over it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. What, uh, what else do we got? Um, I also, yeah, I had that, the, the purse stuff, the title of the episode, which we talked about, the math of the wrath, not good. Yeah. No. And then also I had one other thing for the dumpy. Uh, this was um, when Shane and Dero are having their conversations, there's at least twice where Shane says gangsta, <laughs> and I hated it. I'm trying to, I don't really remember him saying like 
Your dad's an old school gangster. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I don't like this at all. Yes. Like, I'm, I, I'm doing gangster shit. It's like, ooh, don't like this. <laughs> really? He's far too white for this. <laughs> I, I accept it, though. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's do some casting. Who would they be if they weren't on the shield? We're going to be taking a look at David Aceveda this go-around. Yeah. Finding some uh, some sitcom roles for Aceveda. All right, how many you got? I got three. Uh, yeah, I pretty much have three. One's kind of a tie, I guess. All right. Um, all right, I'll go first, then. Uh, the all first right. one I have is Cindy Brady. <laughs> all right, we're going I'll back to the you, Brady Bunch. I like I'll it. I'll tell you why, because... Cindy Brady's a little tattletale bitch. Oh yes. That's exactly what Aceveda is. He's just a little bitch. You don't you don't ever turn your back on Cindy Brady, and you don't no. turn your back on David Aceveda. Don't tell him anything. No. Even not, not even it's not even just tattling. Like he'll find ways to fuck you over. Yeah, he's a dick. <laughs> yep. And Cindy Brady's a dick too. I'm telling you. She is. Yeah, yeah. she didn't give a fuck. No, not two fucks at all. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. I like that one a lot. All right, who's your first one? Um, the first one I had was the uh, the state senator from the office that uh, Angela married. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, they're, uh, they're both politicians, and uh, they both are no stranger to having uh, a Mexicans come in their tongue. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So, yep, that was that was the first one I had. All right. Well, I mean, well, keep it in theme then. I went a different route from the office as well. I went with Robert California as David Austin. Ooh, that's perfect. In charge of shit, but like, not, you know, kind of phony and stuff. Like, not as smart and badass as he wants everybody to lead on. Yep. You know, kind of just a shell of a person. <laughs> that's very fair. Yeah. <laughs> Um, my next one, I kind of went British here. This is my tie. Uh, I went with Basil Fawlty from Fawlty Towers or David Brent from the UK version of The Office. Mm. Just kind of like that kind of stuck up, kind of hoity-toity, always trying to put, like, put themselves above people and trying to, you know, act like they're in this higher class than you. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah, for sure. I don't, I don't, I never watched Fawlty Towers and... I only watched an episode or two of the British Office before I was like, "Fuck this nonsense." Agreed. Yeah, that's all I needed too. <laughs> and this is. I think there's only like ten episodes. Even that's too much. It's just yeah, like, that's no, way too much. No thanks. Yep. All you all you people that say, "Oh, I like the Brit the British version of The Office," you're a bunch of dicks. <laughs> yeah, you're a bunch of douchebags. You don't. You just like hate that. comedy. Yeah, that's all. You just you just you just say you like it more because you think it's cooler. It's not though. You're a dick. Yeah. You're just being a hipster. Yeah, that's it. Um the last one I have on my list, uh similar to who you just had with the stuck up and always politicking and shit. I went with uh Alex P. Keaton from Family Ooh, Ties. I Michael J. Fox. Like always just like Republican dickhead politician like that that is fucking that's Aceveda for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Although at least they all speak Keaton like had a heart. Like he would always talk tough, but then when it came down to it, he would always end up doing the right thing. Aceveda not so much. She's like, fuck it. <laughs> I'm just doing what I want. Hey. What works for me. You don't swallow for everybody, Jank. <laughs> you just don't. <laughs> My uh, grandfather told me that when I was a young lad. So he does have some kind of a heart. <laughs> it's coated in semen, but it's there. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Caked in semen, Caked but in it's semen. there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> all right, who, who's your last one? Uh, my last one, we're going back to home improvement here. I went with uh, Tim Taylor, because cool. all he wants is more power. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> Tim Allen is the worst. I used to I used to love that show when I was a kid. I don't watch it a whole lot now, so I don't know. I can't tell you if it holds up at all. But when I was a kid, it was great. <laughs> I, just, I can't stand that guy. Like, here's an idea: if you were going to call yourself a comedian one time, Tim Allen, say something funny once. Please, <laughs> just impress me with one line that's funny. That goes for you too, Jim Belushi and uh, Steve Martin. Just one time, say something funny. Uh, Steve Martin has some funny stuff. Like, The Jerk is a good movie. Oh, I, that movie. I hate that movie. I think it's so <laughs> I like The Jerk. It's a, yeah. it's a, good a lot of people like it. I don't. Well, you know, what do you can't all be pitch perfect, too. No, they cannot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely cannot. Try as they might. By the way, I bought the uh, I bought the uh, DVD trilogy the other day. So <laughs> did you just take now. three and throw it out the window? No, no I'll, I'll hold on to it just in case. <laughs> yeah, in case awesome. you ever get that desperate. Yeah, like you know, like oh hey, we haven't watched this in like three years. You want to watch that? Like hey, all right, <laughs> it's moments. Yeah. All right, that's it. Yeah, that's it. I guess uh, next week for casting, we should just do, I guess we'll do Danny and Julian together. Uh, and then episode 10 will be the last episode, so we'll just do the anybody else. All right. So. we want. All right. Yeah, and even all the free people. Like, hi, we can do him there and shit like that. Yeah. We need Guardo, Guardo's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, hopefully we close out on a higher note than we, uh, you know, the lead up so far has been weak. Yeah, there is some good stuff I remember before the end of the season. So there's there's a couple of good things coming for sure. All right. Nothing as exciting as last season, how last season ended, you know, obviously. <laughs> like, that was pretty phenomenal, but, you know, interesting stuff. All right. So we got that to look forward to next week here on Mackie's Clubhouse. Um, if you want to send us an email, Mackie's Clubhouse at yahoo.com. Uh, or find us on Facebook at Mackie's Clubhouse. Um, I think that's all the plugs we got. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> There's not a lot of them. Except for the hair plugs that I'm getting any day now, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> as soon as I get some money. Ain't about the money, money, money. <laughs> All right, till uh, till next week. Bye, motherfuckers. Bye. Oh,